three beautiful witches are about to conjure up the man of their dreams. Last we meet. Who are you? <laughs> Just your average horny little devil. Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer, The Witches of Eastwick. Oh, Gus Pocus. Rated R. Starts Friday, June 12th at a theater near you. What up, y'all? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. Happy Halloween season. Every year. I just want some fall weather to hit us. You, you want know? it to be stars hollow outside. Oh, yeah, I do. Like right now, just, just to give you all an understanding in the Midwest right now, it's like 90 degrees. On um, you know, we're still going to start this season off. We've got a number of films to talk about over this next month, and we're going to kick things off today with Melanie's pick. Uh, before we get to that, Melanie, what are we drinking on today's episode? This week, we are doing a little thing I like to call by Felicia. It is a very flavorful cherry cocktail. So what you want to do is two ounces ginger beer, half an ounce cinnamon simple syrup. Oh, sorry, I messed up my where I had it. Oh. Two ounces spiced rum. And then for yours, the non-alcoholic version of this, you can do any of your favorite spiritless spirit. Mm -hmm. But for yours, I used a seed lip. But this one is their spiced variant. Yeah, seed lip spice 94. So again, you just want to do two ounces of whatever you're using. And then for added witchery, a couple dashes of some luster dust or edible glitter mm. to kind of give it that sheen. It's so good. It's really good. It's so tasty. It's very tasty. A simple syrup recipe for the cinnamon. Five sticks of cinnamon, or you can do ground cinnamon. You're just going to want to strain this afterward. About a cup of sugar. I do half granulated sugar, half brown sugar. I think brown sugar makes simple syrup a little bit warmer. And then uh, water, boil it, put it in a glass container in the refrigerator. It's going to stay for about two weeks. Nice. Yeah. I got to say for any of my NA drinkers out there, this is, you won't be disappointed in this cocktail. Rum I used in this is a, it's just a spiced rum. You can use anything. I think mine was Honey Creek Hollow and I garnished ours with a bunch of cherries. Stacy, no cherries for you. Well, for today's film, Melanie, this was your pick. Do you want to tell our listeners what we're watching today and why you chose it? This is George Miller's 1987 film, The Witches of Eastwick. It's based on a novel from, oh shoot, I think, I can't remember when the book came out, like the 1970s maybe, by John Updike. I have read it and I've read the sequel to it, The Widows of Eastwick. 84. 84. There we go. Just to get it out of the way. I like the movie so much more than the book. It's the same basic structure, especially at the beginning. You're in this little town in the mid 70s. The women are awful. They're horrible people. So it's mm -hmm. still Alex, Jane, and Suki, but there's an additional character. Daryl is more of a, he's not necessarily the devil, but he's the, he's like a warlock or a wizard. Okay. And the women are super vindictive. And I really don't know what the messaging is in the book. I loved it the first time I read it, but mm -hmm. rereading it for this episode, I found it so annoying. Didn't I do don't as know. much for no, you. No, not at all. Okay. In the book, they there's another character. Daryl marries a younger woman named, I think her name's Jenny. And the other women are so jealous that they give her ovarian cancer and ah. kill her. <laughs> it's rough. And a bunch of the, it's not so much just that they're witches. It's that Eastwick has kind of this magical, everyone becomes a witch or a warlock kind of something that's spreading through the town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
it's a, I mean, it's a good read and it is so beautifully written. Mm-hmm. John Updike, if he's known for the rabbit series, uh, I think that's probably his biggest. He also did couples, which is, has similar feminist themes, mm-hmm. but I prefer couples. So that's kind okay. of my piece on it. It is bizarre that this is the first George Miller film we're talking about. Yeah. I wanted something kind of fun and horny to kick off the season. Yeah. And I think this is did the, the job. Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, is this a movie you grew up with uh, or is it something you kind of got into later in life? No, grew up with it. Okay. I, this is one I think it played on HBO or maybe stars. It played on something a okay. lot when I was younger. Me and my mom watched it. She loved it. She was any film with Cher, Mermaids, Moonstruck, also mm-hmm. this year. Sweet. I love this movie. This is a first time watch for you. First time watch for me. Stacey. Yep. I've seen it a couple times. It's good. Had fun with it as well. A couple things stood out to me through the credits, and then you can tell as as the movie proceeds. One being the cinematography by Vilmos Zygmunt. Absolutely beautiful movie. The production design by Polly Platt. Some incredible effects by Rob Bottin. Yes. Not uh, enough that you get to see in the film. No, but there are some good ones. Yeah. When casting this film, Bill Murray was the first choice, not Jack Nicholson. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray dropped out. So then Angelica Houston brought the script to Jack and... He showed interest in it. She auditioned and bombed her audition. Yeah, she was supposed to be the uh, Alex, Cher's character. Okay. Well, uh, originally, Susan was supposed to be Alex, and then Cher wanted that role, so they switched Susan Sarandon, and she didn't find out until they started filming. Day yeah, of. knowing that, I can't picture them being different characters at all. Cher's so Alex to me. Uh, yeah. And I think Susan Sarandon's great as Jane. Yeah. She goes through the biggest change. She does go through a huge change. When she comes into that form. It reminds me a lot of her character from like Bull Durham, very sexy and she knows it. And I love when she gets to be sexed up. She's mm-hmm. such a smoke show. And I feel like the beginning of this film, her being the mousy teacher with the glasses and the braid, yeah. she gets kind of pigeonholed into that sometimes. Sure. She's beautiful. And when she gets to play, like you said, that type of character, it's a lot there, of fun. And all three of these women are stunning. I can only be so lucky as Jack Nicholson. That scene with all three of them on uh-huh. the bed, not mm-hmm. too shabby. No. Mm. Mm-hmm. all right let's get into the film shall we as melanie mentioned the witches of eastwick 1987 directed by george miller uh, from letterboxd three beautiful women one lucky devil all in caps three single women in a picturesque village have their wishes granted at a cost when a mysterious and flamboyant man arrives in their lives in the cast we have jack nicholson as daryl van horn Cher as alex Susan Sarandon as Jane, Michelle Pfeiffer as Suki, Veronica Cartwright as Felicia, Richard Jenkins as Clyde, Keith Yoakum as Walter. I'm going to mess up his this gentleman's name. I'm sorry, but Carol Strucken, Strucken as Fidel. Th- those are big players. There's a few other people I could mention, but those are, I would say, our main cast members. Let's get into this. You guys will have to help me out along the way because this was my first viewing, so I didn't go heavy. Well, on and notes. also to start the episode or to start the film, I gave you both a handful of pumpkin sure. cinnamon rolls. <laughs> we had pumpkin cinnamon rolls and a pumpkin coffee, and it was delightful. The film starts with uh, Susan Sarandon, as or I should say, uh, I'm going to call her. I'm going to try my Jane. best to call the characters' names here, Jane. <laughs> Um, She's leading a band at school. Right off the bat, we all noticed a little kid who's a cymbal smasher who doesn't appear to be the same age as the rest of the children. He appears to be maybe four years old in total of his years. Mm -hmm. He's a very little boy. Yeah. And he's rocking hard. He's a good cymbal smasher, though. 
Is he? He's always on beat. He does. He's the only one doing anything in that band at the beginning. He does it when he's supposed to. That's more than I could say what I would have done, probably. You were in band, weren't you? Yeah. You were not in band? No, I was a choir boy. <laughs> <laughs> little angel. <laughs> I was a percussionist. Oh, yep. so that's why you're criticizing him. Yeah, that smashing. little boy sucked. Damn. <laughs> okay, well, I liked him. All right. We first meet... Which I think you were eating your cinnamon rolls, so I didn't expect sure. you to have it down. We first meet Alex. So the very first thing you see after we sweep over the town, which I love all the intro shots of just coming in through the mm-hmm. town. It, it reminds me a lot of the shots that Tim Burton would use later for his. Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, he does the same for introducing Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. It does have that flair. I, I kind of thought about that a little bit. Too. And, the John Williams score is, is really solid. I love the score. And it doesn't I almost thought like a Danny Elfman would kick uh, in with those shots. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After we see all of these beautiful, our little stars hollow of Eastwick, we then go into, and I can't remember what it is in the movie, but it's where Alex sells her fertility statue. So the first thing you kind of right. see is all of these little naked fertility statues yep. that she creates with clay. And we meet Alex and her daughter. We kind of get a sense for what Alex's lifestyle is like. And then we move to Jane, who yep. is Susan Sarandon. She's playing, or she's a band teacher, teaching these kids who are awful at their instruments. Right. And then from there, we meet Walter, which I don't know if you have any notes about. Walter is a pretty scuzzy dude. Um, he walks in during the practice here and... Um, he understands that Jane is getting divorced. On that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says a few things in her ear and uh, grabs her her little tush as he's walking out. And uh, oh no, it's a scene I like. Well, maybe we can work something out. It's not worth it, he, girl. Yeah, I, I don't think it would be either. He, I don't like it. I didn't he like it. He looks like look. he would have a smelly tooth. Yeah. I don't understand. No offense to the actor, just the man, mm-hmm. Walter. So, sure. so she is a part-time teacher. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is a reporter. A part-time reporter. (laughs) Part-time reporter with like a billion kids. Yeah. And Cher makes fertility statues for a mom and pop gift shop. How do they afford? Cher lives on the water. Yeah. Like how do they? They can't be making money off of that. Look, look, it's probably cheaper to live in small towns back then. Okay. Maybe. In the old 1980s. In the old 80s, you know. (laughs) And there's no way that it would be cheap to live in Eastwick, <laughs> even in 1987. No, no it wouldn't have been. But, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Let's let's think we of can this way. We our disbelief yeah, and say maybe that it, all three of their it's like on significant a, others that they used to have were sugar daddies. They and, weren't. I can tell okay. you that. Well, no, I mean, that's that's a good point. No, the movie, which is so weird because I do feel like the movie is too long for for what it like the tone mm-hmm. and everything it's going for it's so cartoonish mm-hmm. but also there's like so much stuff that's not really covered right and like you, their kids their families are very much not a part I like of, that it's not though I'm so good with that part because it's the least interesting thing to me I don't care sure. about their husbands I don't care about their kids making it tighter and just focusing on them that is better but it does leave some questions right that we'll never have the answers to True. Mm-hmm. True. After all this takes place, uh, we have a little concert that's happening at the school. I it's, it's assembly like the, the, a concert. Some some happening it's like the town square out in front of. I don't know. And uh, Susan Sarandon, um, Jane's character is uh, guiding this band that is playing. It's even worse in the scene <laughs> than it was in the previous. Right. It's not going well. And America the Beautiful. Yeah. I think, I think to- she's playing. Oh, you're. Never mind. I'm. You're jumping. I jumped. Okay. So the band's playing and 
All our, the town is there watching. This is the first time we see Suki as well, because we meet the other two women. Suki, the first time we see her, her lap is just a pool of children. Yeah, for sure. And this all ends with the principal coming up to do a long-winded speech that puts everybody kind of um, in their own worlds. And this ends with a huge rainstorm. Are we sure it's the principal? I don't know. Well, at first I think it might be the mayor. It might be the mayor. The mayor. I can't okay. remember. I was a little confused on the setting. I didn't know if we were at a school or if we're at a city hall or so. I don't know what, I, I what's think, going on. I think that he was checking on the school band because they were to accompany this like speech that he's giving. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it seems like one of those towns that everybody goes to everything and there's one church and everyone goes to that church. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, for the Gilmore Girls fans out there, this this is a Stars Hollow type. And I like that about it. Veronica Cartwright does her song first or Felicia. She does her song with the band. And then he, he I think he is the mayor. You're right. But he steps up and gives this just one hell of a speech and yep. something odd starts to happen. Yep. So we get a huge rainstorm. We have a after the storm, we have kind of a ladies gathering of our oh. three leads. Yes. Storm is more important. So the way they cut this is it's very purposeful on how boring and dry the speech is and everybody hates this dude. I love how the sound kind of goes out like it's mono and. Yeah. yeah. So they keep editing like these quick cuts between our three leads, the crowd stirring, the clouds. And this is our first um, showing of them manifesting something yeah um they're the ones who caused the storm it's the first sign of witchery mm-hmm. afoot. the three ladies have a meetup together and it seems they do this every thursday night and they have some martinis they got some snacks they're just living their best lives this scene not the martinis obviously but this scene reminds me so much of what my stepsisters and I used to do. And I've told you guys about this before where we would have our movie nights and we'd just get a bunch of random food, popcorn, you'd have cheese and crackers, you'd have a jar of peanut butter, just random things. We'd scatter them around on the floor and just watch movie after movie and stay up all night. I love this scene. Yeah, it's a good scene. And of course we get Cher in sweatpants and cowboy boots. She's wearing like a cut up t-shirt, sweatpants, Cowboy boots. She looks amazing. Strong look. Absolutely. At the end of this scene, we get our next conjuring with these three ladies talking about what their quote unquote perfect man would be. Who should we be looking for? Somebody nice. Somebody you could like. Somebody with a brain. Somebody you could talk to. Someone you could really be yourself. Yes. (laughs) Well, you would definitely have to be from out of town. Well, especially considering what's in town, Janie. A stranger, that would be interesting. A tall, dark prince traveling under a curse. In Eastwick. Mm. Romantic, a a foreign prince on a big black horse. (laughs) All right, no, no, okay. If we're gonna have it, let's have it all. Handsome, he should be really handsome. Not too handsome. Nice eyes. Nice ass. Huge. <laughs> I prefer small. Right, Jane. I do, aesthetically, I prefer small. <sighs> Sam was huge, and there were times when I just could not face it. Well, I'm sort of in the middle myself. But, I mean, all right, who cares? As long as it works, it's in. Uh, it's in. Well, it's a nice thought, but wishing for it's not going to make it happen, is it? 
I don't think that men are the answer to everything. No. Then why do we always end up talking about them? There we get. Jack Nicholson. Nah. Obviously. We're not introduced <laughs> to him yet, but but that's what they conjure. The way they're talking during the scene, that alone, you know, 400 years earlier would classify them as witches. Just them talking like liberated and sure. you know, talking about sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Each one of them is talking about what the perfect man would be for them and how different each one is, even down to like penis size. Yeah. <laughs> And I also like that you're kind of getting while you we're still not seeing him, but there's you start to feel his presence a little bit more in the town. There's it cuts to things that are happening with the storm and kind of intensifying as they describe things. I really like the editing in this film. Next up, I have us meeting uh, Richard Jenkins character, Clyde and his wife, Felicia, Felicia. <laughs> they kind of run the local newspaper. What do you guys Think of these two. Not to bring it back to this, but we see their house later. They live in a a mansion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's implied in that scene where he fires Michelle Pfeiffer that he that she owns the paper, that it's everything is hers, her money. That's why he had to do Mm -hmm. the, you know, smear story. Yeah, the burn piece. Right. That's at this point we start getting some of my favorite stuff, which is I like small town stuff a lot. So we start getting a lot of the small town gossip. So the gossips come in that we've got a new guy coming in town and he has purchased what people are calling the Linux mansion or estate, whatever you want to call yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I really like these kind of just few minutes here of just all the townsfolk t- talking and including an older lady who. Uh, said she met him and she, she felt things she hadn't in quite some time. So she runs the little general store that Alex sells her fertility dolls at. And she, I love the way her eyes light up whenever she's like, mm-hmm. I started blushing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a key, a key part of this is no one can remember his name. Which mm-hmm. this is another thing, a thread that's in the book as well. I really like as the, he kind of, the secret spreads through the town of this mysterious stranger. The name is completely at a loss for everybody. They, they're they yeah. just like, well, it sounds foreign. I don't know. I can't remember mm-hmm. it. Well, it's, just- it's interesting that in so many fables, like these devil-like characters, that their names give them power. Well, even so in Catholic, yeah. Yeah, so once like the name is said, it's this big crescendo, sure. and then it's a, a thing chain- happens. Yeah, it's a chain reaction, mm-hmm. and power grows. Uh-huh, yeah. definitely. Enter in Jack Nicholson, uh, Daryl, and his entrance is classic, I would say. So... We are, this is what Stacy was alluding to earlier. We have another concert this time with uh, Susan Sarandon character playing a cello, I believe. Is that correct? correct. Yes, poorly. Give us the setup, what takes place as we meet Daryl. Uh, it's just a small town concert. And then you start hearing beastly snoring. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mad except for our three leads who find it hilarious. They're giggling. And then <laughs> once it ends, he falls out of his chair. That's our introduction to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you see him fall and the camera zooms in on his face. And then he pops up and massive applause. And the audience is cued in on <laughs> what sort of Jack performance we're going to get. Immediately. I wrote, let the chaos begin, right? When we meet his character. I was, and I think I asked you, I was like, we're getting the departed Jack Nicholson. You're here. getting all of the shining, mm-hmm. all of the departed. Yep. You're getting him dialed up to Batman. 11. Mm-hmm. Obje- yeah. He's 1989, sure. like he, fully loaded. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, quick side note here. I just want to tell this story for our listeners because 
it made me think of it as we were watching the movie. Stacy and I had a few film classes together in college and there I, was uh, one film class in particular and I had had a long week. I was very tired. Our professor showed a Vietnamese movie that was, I don't know film? if it was good or not okay. because it was not. I slept through most <laughs> of it, but it, it was, was this it was a cinema. It was an Asian mm-hmm. cinema class and I fell asleep in class and I, I was snoring very heavily. Was Stacy near you? He was. He was right next to me. You did not wake him he up? He didn't. No, fuck him. <laughs> oh uh, he God. didn't. And in fact... Um, if I were there, I would have woken you up gently. Well, I appreciate that, Melanie. Sit in your mistakes. <laughs> and I, I definitely... Um, I, I got some very strong looks from you our... You liked pro- that teacher, I too. did. Uh, it was a professor I actually had a great relationship with later in college, but at that moment in time, you had to earn he probably, that yeah. uh, like I poison Ivy too. He did not <laughs> care for me at that moment. <laughs> did you ever stay after? Did you pose for him? I, I actually went to his office a number of times. Um, there was did you no go tits out. No. Were underwears on or off? They were on. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I borrowed some books from him. All right. And we talked shop. Back. We talk shop. We borrowed books. <laughs> I didn't want this to get sexual. I was just trying. This is a very you know, sexual film. You should lean in. I'm just I guess kidding. That's I true. That's a good point. It's nothing. I should have understood would, the situation better. To, to be better. fair, there would have been nothing wrong if, you know, you were attracted and things sure. happened. But mm-hmm. it's obviously not appropriate because uh, it's the teacher student relationship. That's true. Not two men together. That's not the issue. Right. Not mm-hmm. that we said it was a man, but now, you know. Now they know. Yeah. You got diddled for a grade. <laughs> After this uh, introduction of uh, Daryl. The least sexy name. <laughs> Daryl. I like it because you have like these, all these like devil films during this time period. <laughs> and some of them are Angel Heart, Lewis Cipher. Yeah. It's a little on, on the, the nose. nose. Devil's Advocate. I, I, I like this one kind of reminds me more of Randall Flagg from The Stand. <laughs> like he just comes up with kind of ridiculous names. Yeah. Walter Paddock. Yeah. Like they're very just normal names. Yeah. Richard Fremantle. Like yeah. It's very even in the book, Daryl is much more of a like a Randall Flagg. He's just he's a wizard that's up to fuckery. Mm-hmm. And in this, I do like that he's a little bit more cartoony and horny. He reminds me of the of Randall Flagg in the Stan TV series from 1994. Jamie Sheridan. Oh, yeah. yeah. I nice. Oh, I know. I felt things. <laughs> so Daryl Van Horn is now I'm going to call it a mission, but he is going to seduce each one of our three leading ladies one by one and we get good scenes with with all his first is Cher's character I want to say real quick I know yes. each of these scenes is too long because it, this film is very long I really love each of these scenes yeah I, I like them too so Alex is his first on the list here his first conquest yes during this introduction of him He's rude. He's he's disgusting. His wardrobe is the best. It, oh, he, whenever she first sees yeah. him. So she she strolls up. They've all been talking about mm-hmm. who's the guy that bought the Linux mansion. They saw him at the concert. She strolls up and he just appears in this field. It's true. Wearing a bucket hat. Wearing yep. a bucket hat. Wearing Talking a, about pissing a on birds. smoking jacket, the crushed velvet. Mm-hmm. It's like gray and black. He's got his uh, wellies on his. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Ask Sheriff if she wants to have lunch with him. She is very taken aback, but he's, we're having lunch. We're having fish. Are you married? Good question. You see, 
brains? The answer is no. I don't believe in it. Good for the man, lousy for the woman. She dies. She suffocates. I've seen it. And then the husband runs around complaining to everyone, the person, and he's the one who killed her. <laughs> so they do. This little dialogue here is some of my favorite part of the movie because of the lines that Jack Nicholson You like says. the hard P. So I'm just going to say a few things. Um, he, he says one line first, uh, potent, full of juice. I believe he's talking about his dick. Well, he's talking about her, the statues sure. whenever mm -hmm. he picked up her statues. Cause he, that's the thing we didn't talk about. A mysterious stranger came in and this is before they know the Linux mansion has been bought. It's the very beginning. Someone came in and bought all of her mm. statues, all of her yes. fertility statues from the general store. And he is describing, you know, those little statues mm -hmm. you make, they're very potent, potent. and he's rubbing mm -hmm. her palms. He's mm. definitely fully erect at that moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so while they're eating, they, he starts talking about a number of different things, including uh, dick size and different uh, women's different desires. There's a lot of talk that any woman or person that was interested in him in this situation would leave within 30 to 60 seconds, I would imagine. He's purposely so crass, crass during his... <laughs> Wooing of Alex. It's really funny, though. It's a great scene. Yes. He, he says everything that a guy shouldn't say. Exactly. Um, but he's also complimenting her and saying that men are stupid. Women are amazing. He's, he's trying but to, he's, like, yeah. He, everything he says is still so off-putting. So even though yeah. he, mm -hmm. I shouldn't say he says everything wrong, he's saying the right things, but the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> what is it that you think you're doing? Being as direct with you as I know thought you might appreciate it. And um, anyway, I always like a little pussy after lunch. What do you say? Hmm? Are you trying to seduce me? I wouldn't dream of seducing you, Alexandra. I wouldn't insult your intelligence with anything as trivial as seduction. But uh, I would love to fuck you. I think the appeal and I think what gets him is the honesty. Yes, it's I think refreshing. him speaking in such frank terms and just I want to fuck you. I think there is some of the lure to that and it makes it to where later in the movie, the deceit is like harder for them to handle because he mm -hmm. has been so honest, honest with them. and open. Yeah. Part of it is that he shakes up the small town for them individually in such a way. Mm -hmm. So for Alex, it's like they're just in this humdrum. Everything's the same. All the houses are similar. Everyone's just well-to-do doing their own little things. And they're kind of the three women that it's like, well, they're not married. And they're, they each have their own little kind of pariahs right. of the town. So him coming in and just being honest and, be, and not being a white picket fence is such a turn on. Yeah. So after they eat, he walks her through and shows her his mansion. And he's very direct about uh, wanting to have sex with her. Shows her into his room, puts on a strange robe. He takes off a robe to put on another robe. Yes. Um, by the way, his hair is, like Melanie said, it's something. It's got a little ponytail. I don't know why. I think everything about his portrayal and the wardrobe of the way the hair looks is perfect. I wouldn't change anything. It almost feels like they they already designed makeup and wardrobe with Bill Murray in mind. I think that Jack is better for what 
they describe. I feel like the, the script, a lot of his dialogue, I could hear that from Bill Murray when he goes on his rants in Ghostbusters. It's very like similar cadence. Yeah. At first, Alex appears not to be into this. Um, Jack does uh, say the line that I have to say. I always like a little pussy after lunch. And after he says that, they have she's she's off putted. It, it would appear, and she's about ready to leave. Works a little devil magic, gets her back in. He does a rebuttal that she cannot refuse. Honesty. Yeah. Come on, Alex. Isn't isn't this what you want? And it is. Mm-hmm. Another line he says, "Just uh, your average horny little devil." And Alex falls for Daryl's spell and they I love the shot of them kissing finally. And then the bed, them just sweeping back and him laying her down. It's such a good shot. Well, and it it looks like there's some trickery to that shot, almost like they're on a treadmill or something as they're doing the smash zoom, because it feels like the room is distorted. Alex is probably our most strong-willed independent of the three women from the get-go. She's the first to be seduced. Whenever he does the seduction, that everything does become distorted in the room and everything. She's just in a whirlwind and she can't think straight because it's what he wants. Felicia has quite a nasty accident. Uh, What happens in this scene? If you guys could refresh my memory just a little. I know she slips on some pearls that drop. That happens before. That happens earlier. Yeah. No, you're fine. It, I think it happens before. Right after it, the concert. It's yeah. when okay. they say his name. Yeah, okay. Because it's the, the thing that happens. Yeah. So they. Yes. You're Okay. So I missed that. No, you're fine. You're completely fine. After um, he, he is introduced to the entire town with snoring. That's right. Yeah. They're all whispering. It's the cameras kind of walking through the crowd and everybody's having their own conversation about. You right. see the old woman from the general store mm-hmm. and she's like, yes, I met the most interesting man. I can't remember his name. And then it goes to Felicia and Richard Jenkins. And he goes, yes, the man that bought the Linux mansion. And it's all these little whispers that are happening all at once. Culminates in Susan Sarandon reading the personalized card that he leaves Uh, for her, Mm -hmm. Daryl Van Horn. And that's when the beads break or the pearls. Well, she's very much a pearl clutcher and her pearls break once yeah. His name is said. <laughs> and you get a really silly cartoon scene balancing on the stairs with it's the, very like, much a banana peel, like uh-huh. for sure. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, Veronica Cartwright, an unheralded MVP of this movie. During this time period, she is one of my favorite actresses to pop up in a film. I always love seeing her in these genre films. The things she does in this film, I find so revolting. Not that she does, but things that happen to her character. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. But the oatmeal is very upsetting to me. Which is where we're at right now. So that's what I was uh, (laughs) meaning to talk about. The most upsetting food stuff in a film. Yeah. So she, as we said, she took a pretty nasty spill. Broke her leg. Broke her leg. Looks really... Her head's Bad. busted up, yeah. man. Uh, so she's in the hospital. Clyde is taking care of her in the hospital, feeding her oatmeal. And it's a pretty nasty scene because as Clyde's feeding her. She starts going on a tangent she's of. She's losing it, yeah. Yeah, she goes on several of these rants to her husband throughout the kind of the more the screw turns and Daryl's shenanigans through the town. She's like talking about apocalyptic destruction and everything in the first one where later in the rants, she goes very sexual. This one, right. it's more of world destruction and bombs and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nukes. Yeah. Yep. And, and then she starts like ripping into Clyde about how he's like a spineless individual. And she also thinks that he's somehow abling right. the evil that's spreading through the town and that the mm-hmm. he, she has a an issue, which we had already there was already something that had happened earlier in the film with her and Suki, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, where she comes in, Michelle says something, and she drops a jar of honey oh, yeah. and a thing of 
flowers. <laughs> Michelle ends up coming to the hospital during her rant. Yep. And she starts screaming yep. and turning bright red. Rough time. Yeah. But somehow, since Suki works with Clyde, she thinks that he's enabling the evil. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't it's know. It's very strange. Yeah. But, but she, she's definitely a, a going, going down a path. And there's also just a lot of saliva in her mm-hmm. mouth every time she talks after this point. It's really funny too. Cause like, <laughs> as she keeps talking, like as the scene begins, Richard Jenkins is Clyde is like slowly giving her oatmeal. The and more she, she talks, she's talking, he's just like shoving, shoving it, in, it like, trying to shut her. Hell up. Yeah. He's literally trying uh, to shut uh, her up with oatmeal. Lady number two, Daryl comes to visit Jane, Susan Sarandon's character. For Alex, he goes honesty. Jane, he goes passion. Yep. He's he's all about just passion mm-hmm. and art and uh, a lot of velvety words. Yeah, and obviously she just got divorced. I believe at one time he tells her that men are cocksuckers, cock-suckers yeah. aren't they? Something to that effect. After they have a long, uh, not a long, but a discussion and everything, and he starts seducing her, he comes to the conclusion, let's play music. Let's play some music. They basically have sex. Having sex. And through music. Through yeah. music. It's great. Yeah. There's a full <laughs> climax for each of them. Her fucking instrument lights on fire. That's right. Like, it's really hot. After they make love. The next time we see Susan, and we'll get to this in a second. Because they make love. But, uh, and then Jane, they make I'm love. Sorry. Yeah. Make love. Make love. <laughs> That's right. That's what you guys just said. Yeah. Make love. They make a love. What lover? We only just arrived. Perhaps our talk of lovers has made Catherine yearn for more shinshi shinshi. And I cannot believe you told them that. My lover has a fiery soul. Lady number three. Now this one is a little different because Suki. with Suki, she doesn't get an individual one-on-one with him to start with. The other two ladies are already at his. Jane's already at his mansion. They're meeting up for tennis. They meet up for tennis, and so. And Michelle Pfeiffer is supposed to have this interview with him. Right. Like uh, for the paper. Yeah. yeah, He bought the estate. He's an interesting stranger. And this is a paper that writes about people's vacations and just garbage because it's a small town. Nothing happens. So anything that them someone buying a house in the town is big news, Uh, especially a mansion mansion. that has a sordid history. Right. We've got that going on. The ladies, all three of them are kind of quarreling a little bit at because first there's a lot of cattiness yes. between uh, not Suki again she's she's, she's just there through she's the whole like, thing mm-hmm. and she's just there to like she's excited because both of her friends have told her well right. Alex has told her about this amazing man and then once they get there yeah. to play tennis uh, earlier Jane's already there yeah and she's looking totally different and they're like oh okay so it's like we're all gonna play mm-hmm. but it's kind of a cat fight between mainly Jane and Alex right I also liked on the way there uh Alex and Suki are the bike having conversation great. on the bike ride. Okay, so we have a doubles tennis match with two of the girls on. So it's Alex and Suki <laughs> on one side, and it's Jane and Daryl on the other. Yep. Things get feisty. Things, things get feisty. Things get weird. A lot of strange happenings with tennis balls and suspended in air, moving slowly, moving time faster. Time differential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's slowly enabling them to unlock the magic that they have power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of. something that becomes more apparent later, they are magical. They it's not that he gives them their gifts. They have it already mm-hmm. before they meet him. They conjure him. He just unlocks it for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And eventually they figure out that oh, we're stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. So I I liked this scene pretty well. 
Yeah. So the what you were talking about, the way he chooses to seduce Suki, I think is really interesting because he she asks him once they get to that moment where are you going to seduce me? And he's like, yes. She's like, how? I don't know. <laughs> And it's he. Yeah, it's I don't just know a, yet. It's mm-hmm. just a very candid because she's so sweet and she's so different from the other two. She constantly just gives and gives and gives. So no one really is ever looking at what she needs and oh. providing. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I don't mind. Drugs have no effect on me. Really? Mm, neither does alcohol. Oh. It's true. It's boring, but it's the truth. Are you going to seduce me too? Yeah. How? I don't know. Well, I should warn you, I get pregnant. I mean, I get pregnant all the time. The drop of a hat, I could borrow your toothbrush and get pregnant. Well, I'll keep that in mind. That doesn't bother you? No. You're not like other men, are you? I'm not. Uh-uh. Most men, well, well, my husband, trying to keep everything under control, pretending everything is normal, always very rational, always an explanation for everything. Oh, but men need that, don't they? They need to feel everything is solid, and the truth is the world just isn't like that. And it's also the first time that his end game is ever brought up where she talks about, well, you wouldn't be interested in a fling with me because I get pregnant all the time. She's like, I'll use your toothbrush and I'll get pregnant. And he's like, <laughs> I don't mind, mm-hmm. which ultimately the big deceit is he does just want he wants children. He wants boys. Brandel mm-hmm. flag to carry on his name. Jack is the most handsome whenever he's seducing her. He is very engaging and he's definitely doing bedroom eyes and he's talking in a lower voice and it's very seductive. Yep. So I think he's the most sensual with her. I would agree with that. This uh, seduction with Suki. They're in a thruple. They are. So we, we kind of get an <laughs> Mormon and, and everybody is cool with it. They got so that Mormon glaze. Big yeah. love. <laughs> we get a lot of time with them and Jack in his mansion and like they're just Everyone seems they bring to be the kids there. enjoying life. Yeah, like they mm-hmm. all kind of just start shacking up. And I love the balloons. I love yeah. all of them on like the cart and dancing. It's really fun. Yeah. And this leads to them discovering more of their magic. More of their magic. Absolutely. And it also. I really sorry. No, no. There's oh. a shot where and I don't know if you wrote down the stuff about the pool. They're dancing around in the kind of the I was going to call it the lobby. It's not a lobby. The foyer. Jane's character gets pushed and her the cart that she's on flies all the way through the mansion and to the pool That's room. Right. Mm-hmm. And she is thrusted into the chandelier and she's hanging on and all of the girls come in and Daryl comes in. The dog comes in and they're all laughing mm-hmm. and she starts laughing and then. She starts floating, Alex and Suki, they start laughing and they start floating. floating. So they find that their laughter lifts them up literally. It's true. And there's a look on Jack's face or Daryl's face where he's kind of taken back. He's like, oh, (laughs) it's really (laughs) subtle, but I I love it. He's kind of like, these women are very powerful. Yep, for sure. And they don't know it yet. While this is going on, 
words has been spreading around town that they're whores, whores, they're sluts, <laughs> they're nasty women, whatever you want to call them. This is what's going on with Which the is, town. It's just a lot of women pitted against women being shitty because there's somebody having good sex and, and they're happy. And they're happy. If this is how they want to live, let them live that way. They're not doing anything. They all tried to get married, try to have normal lives and didn't work out. Didn't work out. It's ungodly. Mm hmm. Shame. Them being whores. 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 Mm-hmm. The scene of her in the grocery store, I don't know if you have that part written down, but it's very pretty woman. When I was younger, I, I felt really bad for Jane in that scene. Sure. Because she looks so good and she's so happy just eating her pickles. And I'm a pickle girl. I get it. Eating her pickles, just getting, getting out. Double chocolate, candy cookies. bars, yes. cookies. She's living her best life. Yeah. And then. All well, these uppity bitches. That's right. Good uh, Lord. Article gets written in the. Paper. Well, Felicia did some work yes. on Clyde and uh, Clyde wife. does a hit piece on the women, but he doesn't name right. them. And it's all on Daryl, how she, the town's suing him. She starts having like Felicia starts having more uh, random outbursts. And there's a scene that happens in church. As you said earlier, she starts talking about their sexual acts and she's very upset about sex. She's upset. Yeah. And so, yeah, she, she causes. She likes to get fucked, but she. Oh, yeah. She not, likes it, uh, you know, if. When, when, when God. You're, when you're married. When you're married and, when you're, and God is cool with when it. acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When you're chased up until that point. And yes. Which is kind of funny. Like, not much has changed since then. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, I would say movies are a lot more chaste now than they were in the 80s. There is, okay. True. This is a total sidebar, but there is a big thing on Twitter where people are. Yeah. Are sex scenes really necessary? And I'm just like, well. It's one of the most annoying things. Yeah. It's like, there's like a weird people being like, it's not necessary. And actors hate it. And it's like, there are intimacy coaches on film and television sets for a reason. Everyone's an adult that they sign up for something. They know they're going to be nude in something. No one gets to a set anymore. And someone's like, take off your clothes. Mm -hmm. If you're in that kind of thing, it's not an official film. You're in a porno. Right. I I think sex is fine. Bring back TNA. Give us gore. Give us that. And I, I want to hear more fucks. Yeah. That's right. And I want to hear fucking. Ball slapping. And people just... getting fucked up. Okay. okay. Hell yeah. Well, we're fine with violence. You just can't show up any tits. We're fine with violence with no consequence, but you can't have, you know, people getting like. You can't have beheadings and anal bleachings and... just out in yeah. the open. That's right. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> All right. <Sorry. laughs> I liked it. I'm moving on. Okay. So yeah, as, as Melanie mentioned, uh, Felicia has had a heavy influence on Clyde and what he's putting out now in the yeah. in the paper. And this results in Sookie also being fired. It does. So so the girls are having kind of a rough time here. I'm going to move on to the cherry scene. Is that okay yeah, with go everybody? For it. Mm-hmm. We've we're having an evening here where the girls, the ladies are at Jack's. Just to set this up, this is the day the article has gone out. So it's the day that uh, Jane is at the supermarket and she gets shamed. It's the day that uh, Suki gets fired. They go back to the yep. mansion at night and they're talking to him and they're all like they're having a feeling bad day. uncomfortable in their own skin at this mm-hmm. point of like, well, we had a nice little life. Like, yeah, we were already kind of the town pariahs, but mm-hmm. now it's like this is where we have a spotlight on us. Uh, yeah, for sure. So to cheer them up, Jack asks, y'all like cherries? They're like, yeah. One of my favorite scenes is one point he's just like in his pool and he's just got a huge bowl of cherries just on his chest (laughs) and they're all eating cherries. Spitting the pits in the bowl. That's right. It's really good. She made a scene at Skyler's today, grabbing magazines out of little kid's hand and then chasing him out of the store. I think she's in pain. 
Clyde, too. He started drinking again. She's twisted, okay? I mean, getting to me through my kid is sick. Maybe we can help. Maybe we could put her out of her misery. Jane, don't. Oh, please, all of this moaning. They're lucky to have each other. If they don't appreciate that, I have no sympathy for them. It's so easy for you to say you don't have any kids, you don't have a family. You're my family. I don't want to lose her. I just can't stand it to see you upset. You don't know what it does to me. I wish you'd just go away. Have another cherry. Uh, so as this is happening, Clyde and F we cut to Clyde and Felicia at their house. Their mansion. Yep. This opens up with Felicia talking about the porn at the store. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So as they are eating the cherries and spitting the seeds out, Felicia starts feeling those cherry seeds in her body and starts regurgitating those seeds as they're spitting them out. And uh, this builds to her getting so many seeds that she just has a few really nasty vomiting fits. So something that you don't see in the film, which is really cool, Rob Boutine, they did an entire like animatronic that shook and oh. did violent vomiting of Veronica Cartwright. But they did, I think that they did a test of it and it was too much. People were like, no. And so it, there's only like one or two shots that you see. It the does film. look good though. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> you can kind of tell like the tone is very purposeful to keep it whimsical. It's very because, cartoon. Like mm -hmm. when she breaks her leg, like you see, they did a, a setup for her leg. Like you see for a split second, it like the gnarly. bone is popping out of her ankle. And I have to imagine they shot close-ups of that and that got cut. Uh, what Richard Jenkins does next, like all of that is just. Honestly, I, I mean, anytime we can see mm -hmm. more of Rob Bettine's beautiful work, I want to. But I'm also OK with the tone. I'm fine I with agree. not seeing everything. Sure. Yep. Which, uh, as you guys alluded to, <laughs> Clyde has. Had it. Had enough the of her. The poor guy is just trying to drink some brandy I, I, and read by the fire. I may have done the same thing. And his wife is just like going on a tirade. Mm -hmm. It's awful. And he's like, she's, so she's like going off on him while at the same time, like just puking up cherry seeds. and. Well, she also is pivoting from hardcore wrenching and vomiting mm -hmm. to like, Humping the air and like and like, <laughs> like rubbing her, her dress up like and pulling her skirt and full on yeah. So I really like that you all you see is it kind of makes it seem like okay that's enough and mm -hmm. you think like oh okay he, he's gonna go to bed he's putting her to bed and then it pulls back you yeah. see from the outside of the house just where the fire's lit in the room that they're in you can see and you see a shadow and then just boom yeah. boom good sound design yeah. you're like good choice <laughs> 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 yep so Felicia she's done bye Felicia yep. Bye, Felicia. So after all this happens, Felicia has died. The whole town is kind of in mourning, you would say, especially the three ladies, because they were fond of her before all this happened. Well, and they immediately know mm -hmm. that. They, yeah, they, they know what happened. They know what caused they were the, it. Yes. yes they and had that's a, like where things start to go shitty for, for them. Yes. yes. So they've got a bad taste in their mouth with Daryl now. They do. And so they distance themselves from Daryl for a while and he does not take it well no. as that distancing continues he uh he goes cold turkey from his ladies and it's yes rough. it's not going it's not going well he conjures up 
so there's a difficulties scene, for each of them. Yeah, there's a scene where he is recording them once that it's when they're all still lovey dovey and he's talking about. So what are you scared of about dying or what are you scared about the end of life? Jane says that she is just worried about the, the aging and vanishing and not being in there. Alex, Alex says that she just pictures being surrounded by snakes and just things crawling on her and slithering and then she's not there anymore. So it's again kind of similar, but it's creepy crawly. And then poor Suki, she says, you know, I'm fine with growing old. I'm fine with disappearing. I'm fine with not being here, but it's the pain. Mm-hmm. He uses all of this later to inflict the worst of their fears yep. on them. All three of them are having a rough time. And so, yeah, he curses each one of them with their undesirable. Yeah. So something that, uh, again, just real quick, sorry, I know I keep like, oh, something else we didn't talk about. Jane cannot get pregnant. This is a plot point because her husband left her due to this. At least she feels that's the reason. Right. She finds out on this day that she's pregnant Mm -hmm. and she's super excited. So she actually goes back to the mansion. She's happy and she wants to see Daryl after this period of them not seeing him. So she goes there to tell him. And this is when... He's watching that footage that he had recorded of them talking as each of them say their thing. Yep. He curses them. Yep. They get cursed. She sees what he's doing and all this. Um, She notices herself look very old and withered. Withered. As you said, with Alex's character, she wakes up in a bed full of snakes, (laughs) which would be one of my worst. I I have nothing against snakes. I'm just terrified of them. So that would uh, that would be bad for me personally. And then uh, for Suki's character, um, she starts just having hemorrhaging for no reason. And she gets she, well, she gets like she gets like cold sores all over her mouth. She gets like which Michelle Pfeiffer, man, you cannot make her look ugly. But yeah, she's yep. in a intense amount of pain and there's no reason. No one Doctors can figure out what's wrong. Figure out what's going on. So she's just wrenching in this bed and she's cold sweats. And finally, she asks them, Alex, particularly, you need to make him stop. It's also during this time that all if I'm not. Correct me if I'm wrong. All three of them find out they are pregnant as all well. Of them. Jane says she's pregnant and Alex says that bastard because they're all. Help me out here. After all this, I know there's a makeup here, but so what, Alex, what happens after here? the hospital scene? Alex rushes back to Daryl and she's pissed. She storms in. Like she blazes right past the butler and she's like, nope, I'm talking to him and runs in and is like, what the fuck is your problem? And I really love that he's just disheveled in his mansion on the stairs, ironing a crusty shirt. Finally, after a little bit of prodding from him, they make up. We cut back to the hospital. And in that moment, Suki's like, it stopped. Curse stopped. Curse lifted. And then Jane and her have, which I feel like it's so sweet. I don't like for the little bit that Jane's super bitchy in the film because I like the sisterhood. So I, it's part of my reason why I don't love the book as much as I once did. I like them being close and strong. Whatever we have to do to make sure that Suki's okay, they immediately rush to her. And I, in that moment, they kind of realized like, okay, we'll do what we have to do, but we're taking care of him. So they all make up. They all come back to the mansion together after Suki's released from the hospital. And they're all looking good. Looking great. That, as you mentioned earlier, that shot where Jack opens up his bedroom door and all three of them are just, Oh, it's so hot. It's so Mm -hmm. hot. They look amazing. The lighting in the shot. It's so sexy. The bed he got from the Borgias. Uh, You have to sell your soul for it, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So good. I'm guessing they all have time. (laughs) And, after this happens, Jack heads out uh, to go to town. Well, they're insatiable. He's got to go get them yeah, bread and meat and and ice cream. Mm-hmm. And when he leaves, the the ladies are going to conjure up a spell to get rid of Daryl. And they're making a waxman. We have quite a use of a brew and a 
And one of, it, it kind of looked a little bit like one of uh, Alex's dolls that she made. They made it out of wax. Yeah. yeah. When they're done creating this little doll. So on his errand, they're quickly like, okay, we got to banish him. Like, let's get our shit together. And they bust into his library and they steal uh, a tome. Not a tome. What is the word for it? Your grimoire. That's it. <laughs> they make this little doll. doesn't have to look exactly like him, sweetheart. We know who it is. You should have saved a little hair for his head. He looks a little funny with no hair. This isn't going to hurt him. This We're not trying to hurt him, Jane. We're just trying to send him away. Jane, come on. As he's in town, this all happens as he's... Okay, so he goes to the market, gets some food. They don't have ice cream. So he goes to the ice cream shop. Now, as he's trying to order ice cream, that's when the pain <laughs> starts. And they start putting the needles in the little voodoo doll. Jack has... A time. A... a freak out session in the ice cream shop. <laughs> I love that the, the poor boy at the ice cream parlor is He's like, so, are you having a heart so attack, man? <laughs> it's really good. And this. They chew up some cherries and spit on the doll. This keeps happening. He he wanders. So I'm guessing this is a Sunday. Um, he wanders into the town church. At, yeah. During their service. During the, during it could the be service. a Wednesday afternoon. Sure. So they're trying to literally, because they say, well, we're not going to hurt him. So it's like they don't really understand all the stuff that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they try to literally blow him away because you see him. That's how he ends up in the church. They so want to just send him away. Is it's what like they keep he's saying. strong and like he's stronger than what they're doing. That is just kind of tortures him. He doesn't like go away. Right. Yeah. It just takes bits and pieces of <laughs> yeah. each yeah. thing that they do. Mm -hmm. They spit the cherry seeds. He starts vomiting eventually yeah well well he's at the church like he starts giving um a sermon a sermon of his own to <laughs> About everyone women uh in particular uh had had it written down here um he starts talking about uh how god made a mistake when he created women and he's just going off about women being evil and all this as the women are destroying his body it's really great yeah and as melanie said this all Concludes with him just like throwing up cherries and nastiness I do on love everyone. That he says, it's an easy trick. I taught it to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As he wipes a thick strand of saliva off of his chin. Yeah. Oh. It's kind of making fun of this very, I know the rest of everywhere is like this, but this very like white Christian mm -hmm. idea Uptight. that like women. Are, need to be subservient to men because they exist because of us, because of Adam's rib. They're dis the disease that God created, he says. Yeah, and he says, like, is it a curse that he created them or was it an accident? Because an accident we could fix. Right. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you something? You're all church-going folk. I really want to ask you something. Do you think God knew what he was doing when he created woman? Huh? No shit. I really want to know. Or do you think it was just another one of his minor mistakes like tidal waves, earthquakes, floods? The whole movie he's dialed up to 11. He's probably, he goes to 15 yeah, at the end. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So he leaves this church. Uh, he's trying to drive home. He's and have, at this point, having a very difficult time. Yeah, They're cleaning up because they're like, just in case he comes back and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So they clean up all this feathers and yep. They're running around the entire house <laughs> in a mad that. dash. He's and like, every time they move the doll, it right. moves him. So yeah. he's in the car and Swerving they throw and it forth. into a pot and it like falls into the sink. All these things happen and he just keeps getting thrown around. Yeah. One of my favorite moments is like as that's happening, there's like a dude on a bike and 
Oh, he almost just it's a good stunt. It Which, is. by the way, reminder: George Miller is the best at shooting cars. Yeah. It looks so good too when he's driving and that. All of yeah. this, of course, and I, I think I said that to both of you. It's like a, it's a George film, so of course there's an awesome car. Segment. Right. Well, mm-hmm. in I mean, he even does like some Mad Max shots, um, especially sure. like when he's speeding home. The- you have there. There's this wonderful shot where they're driving and then you see the car and it just speeds right up up to the mm-hmm. camera. Yeah. yeah. It, it's awesome. Okay, so he let's let's finish off here. He finally makes it home, but he is uh his body is changing. The demonic one hand whenever he goes to slick back his <laughs> His hair, one hand is just this clawed, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. gnarled demon hand. The other hand still just, you know, Daryl. Yep. We're getting... His teeth are fucked. His yeah. eyes are red. We get a few different versions of him. Um, During all of this. Yes, and his final form is, to make things short, mm-hmm. the ladies win. Like Big time. They win and get rid of him. Whenever he shrinks down, so he does the huge blow up and he's this big creature when he shrinks down it reminds me so much of beetlejuice again mm, yeah very mm-hmm. like the hair everything mm-hmm. is very beetlejuicy sure anything else you guys want to say about this before we cut just again some more good effects you don't get to see him very much but they're what's there's cool mm-hmm. yep the ladies get rid of mr daryl we cut to 18 months later the three women have had their children they are all boys as melanie alluded to and they're they, all living in the house they're all the living mansion. in his mansion and they have kept the Twin butlers Peaks. they all seem to be doing well and which good for him you know that he's probably yes. like oh man i just get to hang out these women are hot and they're nice to you me, know jack probably and I get to hang or, out. these kids are cool you know daryl probably treated him like shit definitely he he made him stand out in the hallway whenever he's just watching movies <laughs> for sure yeah that uh, big place he couldn't just let him sit yeah. down have a coke yep and at the end, we have the three little boys watching uh, their father, Daryl, on all that room where, with all the, the TV television. screens. The ladies turn the TV off at the end and say, that's enough, and movie over. As far as the length of this film, I do feel it's a little too long, but I also wish the third act was a little bit more expanded. I think it's really fun when they do all the effects and the... Mm-hmm. Just I wish there was more stuff of them doing witchcraft. Agreed. Yeah. Could tighten up almost every scene in the film, honestly. I don't know. I love everything that's there too. So it's too long, but I don't know where you cut it. Sure. I would say uh I did I had a fun time watching this. I do have some picks, but it's a bit long. And from I like I really liked the last 15. 20 minutes. The mm-hmm. first 45 minutes, so much fun. The last 15 minutes, so much fun. There's that middle section. That middle section. And, and it also after for the me. seduction. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do understand the story they're trying to tell and all that. It just, it lost some of the comedy as as well that it I. It momentum. Was yeah. laughing a lot at in the, the first, as you said, 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, I would still recommend seeking it out. Uh, and, and I'm glad we watched it. It was, it was a, it's a enjoyable movie. Great pick, Melanie. Had fun. Highs, lows. Yeah. Are we ready? Oh, sorry. Really quick, just a random note about this. There was a producer. I think his name's is it maybe John Peters. He wanted to put aliens in the film because aliens mm. was such a big success. We should do that. We should put an alien uh-huh. in this. And George Miller was like, why and where? Mm-hmm. He's like, just figure it out. I'm not going to do that. Uh, there was a lot of issues on set for oh, this man. where George Miller kept conceding. He, they were trying to do, he'd never worked in Hollywood before. The producers that were on this uh, said, well, we've really got to make some cuts. We've got to do some things. And so 
George Miller was like, well, I'm never in my trailer. If you guys just want to take that, I'm always on set because I'm always needed. So just take my trailer, take whatever. They were like, oh, this guy's a chump. We can just push him around. Uh So then they just kept taking more and more things. So finally it got to a point where George Miller was like, nope, I'm not doing anything Mm -hmm. unless you guys meet my demands and I get to, we're not doing an alien. We're not doing any of the stupid shit. We're just doing my film and this is what it is. And at one point he was, there were talks of replacing him during production and Jack to his credit, he supported George was like, if you replace him, I am walking. Nice. I'm not completing the film. So good for yeah. Good for Jack. Just little notes about that. I thought yeah. it was pretty interesting. That is. I'm glad there's not an alien in this film for sure. My high is the cast. Mm. Everyone is excellent in this movie. Jack Nicholson is such a joy to watch. He's cooking. <laughs> Them ladies are real fine. Oh yeah. My low. It, it's just the length. It tightened it up. Oh, and my make them laugh. I mean, Jack Nicholson, it's I, I don't know if there's a particular scene. I I do like the seduction scenes a lot. I think they're very funny. My high is going to be the there's a, uh, like I said, there's a lot I liked here. I'm going to say the the little slumber party that we have in the first uh, act as they conjure up their quote unquote perfect man. Just your favorite yeah. individual scene. I, yeah. I liked it a lot because. Not only are we introduced to the characters but you understand their relationship with each other and their lives and also dicks it was it's really great my low is i agree stacy on on the length of the film just i just i was a little disappointed that the comedy doesn't hold as well in the middle part so yeah and my make them laugh moment is absolutely uh alex and Daryl's encounter to begin their first encounter and and the seduction of Daryl seducing Alex and all that was. Yeah, it, it got me and him saying that the lines he did was just top notch pussy cocksucker. All, those yeah, really all got that, <laughs> like the lines, but also the delivery yeah. of Jack Nicholson. It, yeah. Yeah. Top notch stuff. Yeah, my, oh my gosh, my high, The I mean, this is kind of a cop out, but I'm so glad that he didn't stay true to the book. I love that it's fun. I love that it's cartoonish. And I, I just enjoy the tone that he kind of infused with the story. It's perfect. I think it's so much fun. The tone's perfect. The film, there, there's some things, but I, I do love this film. I would say my low is, it needs to be a 90 minute film. But again, I don't know where you cut things. Sure. It'd have to be someone who's smarter and a better editor than me. But I think if you cut around some things and tighten it up and mm-hmm. maybe expanded the third act a little bit and just took away from the second, yep. it would be even better film sure. more than it already is. And then I, again, it's the same. It's it's Jack. I love the performance. He's dialed up all the way and it's so entertaining to watch. Every time he's on screen, in the quieter moments, he's doing so much. He's just that little devil. It's yeah. it's very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so enjoyable. Also, uh, another high that I did mention would just be his outfits. Oh, yeah. The pink on pink with the white pants at the very end. It's it's such a good look. Absolutely. I, I couldn't pick a favorite. Uh, and Cher. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. I have to mention. So if we're doing just a side high mm-hmm. it's the wardrobe all around the only one that doesn't really get to do a lot of fun stuff unfortunately is michelle yeah. pfeiffer right oh, i think susan sarandon the stuff that they put her in afterward like she looks so good mm-hmm. i love all of Cher. i want to wear all of Cher's clothes in this film she looks so good yeah. and yeah jack nicholson is amazing 
We're going to do a little something different for this year's spooky season episodes. We're going to do a pairing of a movie with the one that we presented. I just figured because last year we did the um, marathon, marathon, the 24 hour marathon where we each curated our own. And then the year before that and kind of the year before that, Stacy would do patients are running the sanitarium where he would ask me and Nolan random questions about mm-hmm. different things. So this year I figured we just keep it simple. So we're just doing yeah, just what would you do a double feature with? And you can expand it if you want to do a book, if you want to do a video game, whatever. But I figured today we'll just do films. Sure. So I'll start. I'm going to go with Death Becomes Her. Another similarity where you have three smoking hot women, a man who's just kind of dumpy. No offense to Bruce Willis, but uh-huh. he's purposely dumpy in the film. Right. And yeah, I love both of these films. I think they pair really well together. I'm going to go with Delightful Devils. I'm going to go with Devil's Advocate. Because Ooh, nice. I really like Al Pacino's performance. It's, it's a fun devil. It's off the handle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the start of, I, I mean, I know Scent of a Woman kind of starts oh. that Al Pacino. But <sighs> I think people forget, like, he's really good in heat. <laughs> he is. Even though he is kind of doing, you it's, know, throwing that heat. It's purposeful. She got a great ass. <laughs> but good. Devil's Advocate, that is like top notch. Al Pacino out of his mind. But it's so, mm-hmm. so good, yeah. Very it's good. So fun. Very it's a, horny. It's a solid film. I'm going to go with 1987 Slumber Party Massacre 2. <laughs> <laughs> You're insane. I understand. Explain. I get it. Well, we have a number of ladies fighting an entity that is not actually human. There's a lot of body horror in this as well. And it's... Someone that now the differences are there, but I think it'd be a fun match instead of just being a straight up demon or devil. This guy is I don't know if you could call him a figment of imagination, but I believe he's an actual entity here. But the girls here. Well, our main girl is scared of losing her virginity and him with his nasty drill drill penis is there to. The flower. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> so there are some differences, but I, I think it would be a fun double in its own way. Nice. <laughs> well, if we're ready, I must ask you. Oh, we have an MFK. We do. All right. Are you ready? Oh, absolutely. Really quick, though. For Daryl, Mary fuck kill just in general. Just Daryl. What do you do to him? I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pull for Daryl here. I'm, I'm going to marry him. OK, because you want all the experience. Rich guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could have whatever I Stability. want. The main thing is if I like I just. I just need to not stray from him. I have to understand that he's going to want sex. You're going to have to get pregnant. <laughs> he's going to want a lot of sex and he's going to want me there like 24 seven. So in the book, he runs off with he a does. dude at the end. He does. He runs off with <laughs> the amazing. woman that he marries, Jenny. He runs off with her little brother, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to make a case for that. That, yeah. um, you know, I, I same. Yeah. OK, I'm I'm just going to fuck him. Nice. I want to okay. know what that thing do. Okay. You, you want to know about, that, talking about that curved... Whatever it curves the wrong way. I still don't know what that means. Well, As a child, I didn't know what it meant, and I still don't okay, know. Okay, here... But is it hooked? That's it, what my curiosity I think it's is. the head that's crooked? I think it bends upwards. So it's constantly, like, greeting you, like, hello. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Like a banana. Okay. Oh, I see. I, I definitely would... Um, be interested in that well you'll as know because well. you're yeah. gonna have to be ready for i mean that. i would be very well acquainted with it yeah. i also imagine his dick transforms for whatever woman he's with that's absolutely what, it's that's a magical what my Pee-wee. belief is too since yeah. each one of them 
kind of was into was very, a different penis size. Very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some like small, some like big. Some so like I guess my Daryl's got a vagina. That could be true too. Be. We don't know. Yeah. All right. So the actual MFK okay. to end this out though is the women. So okay. Mary oh man, fuck I kill. hate this. I know. I'm sorry. Mary fuck kill Alex, Suki, and Jane. I'll go ahead and start. I'm um, sorry. It's fine. You I sadly okay. I I sadly have to kill Suki, it, and she's like maybe. She's maybe the most attractive to me of the three, but I find the this character too many kids. But there are a lot of kids, and I find the other two just more interesting. I mean, I also can't deny like when Susan Sarandon gets hot, as we talked about, quote unquote hot. That hair does it for me, and the big hair, yeah, mm-hmm. share in the big hair too is like the outfits as you mentioned that she wears in this movie. I'm just like, I would like to do things with you. I know it's redundant to say that Cher is a style icon, but mm-hmm. man, even when she's not trying to yeah. be, she is. So I'm going to marry Jane and marry. I'm going to F Alex. Okay. And I'm sorry, Suki. Suki. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to kill Suki. I'm going to fuck Susan Sarandon and I'm going to marry uh, Alex. Alex. Okay. I am going to... Kill Jane, nope. fuck Alex, marry Suki. I'm hoping Man. to raise those babies. Okay. I love sure. Michelle Pfeiffer. That, I, I've got to say, this is probably the hardest one we've ever had because- Because <laughs> they're all- I, I can't yeah. imagine- I'd yeah. marry all three of them. I, I'd marry all three. I've, right. Yeah. I, I'd I do would, things all three. Whatever would, they need I me to do Darryl for it. them. Yeah. I'm happy to be a thruple. <laughs> a Daryl it, but not make the mistakes, okay? Because you got to keep that thing going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look into that, you've got to- right. Yeah. It's going to be that balloon party like, every night. Can you imagine like. Yeah. They want cherries. Yeah. I give them cherries. It's like, if you've got three people that are into that situation, you cannot get we rid can, of that situation. We will all agree just unilaterally on the show. It's you marry all three. You kill nobody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Tough one, but it had to be done. Hell of an episode, guys. Yep. Good time. So we'll be seeing you all very soon. Uh, Next week. We've got uh, some really, I think, going to be some enjoyable episodes coming for this Halloween season. And so everybody strap in, get ready, watch some fun horror movies and uh, listen to Cinema Parlor. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts at Cinema Parlor. Uh, You can find us on Instagram and Twitter because I will not use the stupid name that it's called now. Uh, You can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. Uh, At some point in the near future, I might be making my uh, Twitter profile public again because of things that have happened in my personal life on a positive note. Um, So be be on the lookout for that at some point in the future. We'll start sharing it. Sure. Yeah. That's Glover 84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. All right. Rate and review us if you would. Let us know what you think of the show. We'll read it on air. Promise. We haven't gotten any of those for a long time. So hook, hit us you up. Know, though I don't take it personally because I don't ever leave reviews for shows. So I totally I don't either. I get it. I get it. Too. I get it. Just listen. That's all we care. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll see you guys next week. Uh, enjoy the horror film watching and Happy Halloween season. The Witches of Eastwick is an odd, strange, goofball movie, and I liked it a lot. It's not afraid to be eccentric. 
and it isn't afraid to allow all of its actors to really stretch into the kinds of people we don't see every day, no especially in Eastwick. It's quite possible that no actor except Jack Nicholson in the whole world could have played the role of Daryl Van Horn, certainly quite this way. The devil who comes to live in Eastwick. He has a way of raising those eyebrows and giving us that big diabolical grin, and we know he's capable of anything, literally. And as for Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Cher, they're like a trio. Their timing is wonderful. They're great when they're playing Nicholson's foils. And at the end of the movie, when they get their revenge, you can almost feel the fun they're having. And I had a whole lot of fun, too. I had a whole lot of fun for, I'd say, about two-thirds of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I, Nicholson, I mean, he's a national treasure now. I think he is our biggest star. I think he's going to last for centuries. Uh, I mean, he is. <laughs> Decades, for sure. When, right? he, yeah. when he goes sliding across the bed in his, yeah. his pajamas as the devil, I mean, that's just a beautiful scene. That's just wonderful. 